I am Hoyt Vander Muffintop the third, and I am Predward Kennedy, and welcome to Planet of the Meerkats. <laughs> Dave, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about the Predator. <laughs> and by the Predator, I don't mean the whole franchise because we kind of ditched some of the middle films. So we viewed the movie Predator, Predator 2. We skipped Predators and the other movie called Predator and then watched <laughs> Prey. And we, we also skipped the Alien versus Predator. Yes. Although from what I understand, those aren't considered canon. Oh, really? Yeah. Controversial. <laughs> I mean, the, I find this to be a very odd franchise in general. Like, it's like it spans 30 years, more than 30 years, for one. Um, has there been any any director that's done more than one film? I don't think so. I think it's every film is a different director. Um, Tone-wise, they, they swing wildly all over the place. Um, and... It feels like it it was one of those things where it it spawned like a comic book like component, right? Like it grew out of the movies as opposed to going the other way where it grew out of the comics, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, and it almost felt like they didn't quite know what to do with it. And, you know, shout out to John McTiernan who directed the first movie and he's also he do he also directed uh the first Die Hard movie. Mm -hmm. the first film is like it's a tried and true classic at this point like it's hard to it's hard to criticize that i mean you can definitely criticize that film but it it is definitely an 80s classic and what i like about it is it's like three films in one because you've got that you've got that first part which feels like a little bit of a shoot 'em up sort of situation then you've got the like extended sort of chase like segment in the middle followed by <laughs> part three which like has <laughs> almost no um like it's basically like a silent film of a mano yeah. a mano throwdown right <laughs> well and talk about machismo like you had arnold schwarzenegger carl's mm -hmm. carl weathers as the feckless pencil pusher <laughs> yeah jesse the body ventura uh bill duke and i don't remember the actor who played billy but he was pretty ripped mm -hmm. as well and then one of the guys is played by Shane Black, who went on to direct yes the the 2018 one, Pred the Predator. <laughs> and it, of course, the original Predator spawned the famous meme of the, uh, you know the the hand, the clasping hands with the with the the giant the biceps yeah yeah the white bicep and the black bicep. <laughs> I almost greeted you at the podcast and said freeze. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I I'm a huge Carl Weathers fan. I feel like like just his presence in this movie makes it the best movie of the whole franchise. Not even having seen some of the the, mm -hmm. the ones in that middle era. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh he just he has quite a presence in it. Him and Arnold, I mean, the charisma between those two guys just carries yeah. that movie on through. Yeah. 
I was talking to Emily about the charisma of Arnold and she was like, I don't get it. I don't agree with you at all. Like I, I think Arnold is dipshit and was then Googling <laughs> photos of like Arnold, like taken out, like Photoshopped out of the predator series. And other things. And it's like, I just disagree. I think this is peak Arnold. It was a time, it was mm. a time and place for Arnold and, and the eighties was great in a lot of ways because of the, what he brought to those movies. And this is peak Arnold. It's great. Well, I kind of love that he gets brought in as like the quintessential American soldier and very clearly does the entire movie with a thick Austrian accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a Vietnam vet, right? So like it, this is, so this takes place in 87. So he would, he would be in his late thirties at this point. Right. Or mm -hmm. mid to late thirties, which yeah. I don't know if the timing really works out. Cause what Arnold was not that old in this movie. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he he didn't seem that old. But then that means that he would have been like in his early 20s in the Vietnam War, which means that he would have come from Austria like and kept the so he would have been in Austria long <laughs> enough to keep the accent, but would have then immigrated to the US and gone straight to Vietnam. You just don't ask I, I don't know, the timeline questions. is yeah. <laughs> so Dave, I I can't quite tell with this this whole film franchise, maybe you can help me. It, is this making, is this an intentional commentary on, on toxic masculinity and the ridiculousness of hunting culture? Or is, or is this just a straight up action movie that just happens to be an indictment of toxic mas masculinity? Well, I think toxic masculinity after rewatching the first Terminator film is a secondary issue in the movie. And I think it was much more about a commentary on the Vietnam war and sort of like us finally being able to win something akin to the Vietnam War, because you know the 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 predator is this foe in the jungle that you can't see, that's just totally wiping out your team. You don't understand why, uh, you know your team of supermen, and uh, you know Arnold ends up prevailing, prevailing over the the Terminator, and the toxic mas masculinity aspect. I think ends up sort of being commented on in its relation to, to the Vietnam war. Like everybody who goes in gung ho mm -hmm. dies. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, the only way that Arnold really beats the Terminator or beats the Terminator beats the predator is through his brains. Like yeah. it's yeah. not in a fist fight that he wins. It's, uh, you know, by covering himself with mud and, you know, using all the tricks he can master, he builds traps. Yeah, it feels, um, it feels like it is, um, it's like a rebuke of, in some ways that first movie I think is, is like, it shows you all of these big burly dudes mm -hmm. and like, that's ultimately not what actually matters in the, in the final fight, right? Yeah. And he, he kind of wins in a technicality, I guess, because he <laughs> happens to lure him into the right place. Um, but yeah, I, I that's a very astute observation. I, I, I agree. I think the other films, um, I feel like, start to veer more into this toxic masculinity space. Predator 2 is a weird-ass movie. Um, and the whole overlay of the gang war is just kind of wild, you know? <laughs> You know the 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 common bad guy, if it's not the predator between the first pr first two movies, is sort of like the covert ops of the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers is, uh, I believe, a CIA agent, and mm-hmm. Arnold sort of gives him gives him shit for that because of all the shady stuff they do, and it turns out mm-hmm. he's being shady even in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Arnold points out that he doesn't do assassinations and all this stuff, sort of like you know, unlike you, Carl Weathers, mm-hmm. and. Um, then the Gary Busey character in Predator 2 comes in, mm-hmm. and he's very much also sort of the bad guy. He has this ulterior mm-hmm. motive to come in and essentially steal the Predator shit so they can use it for whatever nefarious purposes they have. And Danny Glover mm-hmm. just wants revenge because his partner died. Yeah. Which I, Danny... I, 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 I kind of found the Danny Glover character very entertaining just because it's the opposite of his character in the Lethal Weapon franchise. Mm-hmm. Like he's almost playing the Mel Gibson character mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. the off the chain sort of unbalanced, yeah. crazy guy. Yeah, I mean, and in a lot of ways, like I think the the ensemble cast is in Predator Two is so much different than Predator One. It's like this, uh, I don't know. It's very like ragtag, you know. You've got like all these different. It's all about mm-hmm. the cops and everything, and they're all, all their personalities, and it's it's much more about like going around the law you know i don't know there's i th- feel like there's subtleness to that movie which got lost because the movie kind of bombed you know and, and it, it is a little convoluted but um in comparison to number one which is pretty straightforward well in the gang wars i mean honestly i don't think the gang wars ever got yeah. that way in the u.s like these are straight up like uh, you know battlefields on the streets of la and it didn't really feel like la to me to the point where in thinking, in remembering the movie before I rewatched it, I remembered it taking place in Florida because really? it didn't. It does not. And and when I went and watched it again, I was surprised it took place in L.A. Like it really doesn't. Feel well, what's like weird a Los is Angeles it? It's, it's set in the future, but it's set in '97 and it was made in '91. Like that's not very much in the future. Like, mm. like <laughs> give it like put it out like 20 years at least. Like to to kind of explain why it feels. I don't know it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. There's nothing about it that is distinctly L.A. And, uh, you know, interestingly, I was thinking about it, especially in terms of the title of the movie. It really lays into this whole myth of the Mm -hmm. super predator that we had going around Mm -hmm. in the early 90s where it's sort of like, oh, there's these people on the streets that aren't just bad. They're sort of they're super predators. And even Joe Biden, when he was in the Senate, Mm -hmm. bought into this and. Uh, a lot of his policy that he put through in the Senate was based on it. And, you know, it's it's almost like they were making these gang members to be out much more mm-hmm. than they were. You know, they're almost mm-hmm. invincible until the Predator yeah. gets to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about the Predator a bit. I, I think we're supposed to view the Predator as a badass, but I think he, he kind of sucks. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, the, it's like the whole thing is he's supposed to be like from this culture that is all about hunting, right? And you're supposed to hunt the best, like mm-hmm. the best opponent, right? To prove your worth. And then every time he encounters someone, he's clearly superior to them because of his technology and his uh, invisibility cloak. And it's like not even fair. Like, what is the deal with that? Like, that's not very, you would think that if he really wanted to prove his, his metal and strength that he would fight without the technological advantage. Well, it made me think like, are there predator fundamentalists who look down on people like the predator because he goes and uses his technology and they're like, 
the only true hunt is one conducted on even footing. And so you need to go down and you need to use the same weapons they're using. Turn off your invisibility cloak. Also, <laughs> and that got me thinking. These guys going, die in every movie. Like, so they're not actually that good at predating or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's a different dude yep. every time. <laughs> I like that Danny Glover's character, I can't remember his name, but he called the predator <laughs> pussy face, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> We got the little vag- uh, vagina dentata going. I heard that they gave him more mandibles in number two, but I never, I didn't really count them. Um, or was it just they they changed his face to make it like more alien looking? What do you think about the? Um, I know, that, like in in just googling predator and controversies and whatnot, there's always been sort of this like getting back to the super predator thing. Like, why is he this giant? Like, like person that appears to be black with dreadlocks yeah it's like a there's a little bit of a racist element there do you do you think that holds any water well i'm gonna say no and the reason i'm gonna say no is because the the cast of the first two predator movies and i'm not saying there aren't any racial problematic racial aspects to this but i don't think it's the intention because the cast is very multi is very diverse Right. Aside from Arnold, you know, you have Billy, you have Bill Duke, mm-hmm. you have Carl Weathers, and then there's uh, Shane Black and a couple other white guys that kind of die yeah. ignominiously and Jesse Ventura. Like, it's a very, um, very, very much a melting pot mm-hmm. of soldiers. And in the second Predator movie, the, you know, the hero is Danny Glover, um, and the police force is very uh, mm-hmm. multi-ethnic. And so I don't... I, I I think that the appearance of the Predator isn't intended to be a racial commentary, whether or not it could be taken as one. And What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it might be just subliminal. Like, and, and obviously once the Predator was designed, like they've kept the general look and feel. Although I think in this newest movie, the dreadlocks don't look like dreadlocks as much as they kind of look like um i don't know they didn't really look like hair to me in this one and i granted i wasn't Mm -hmm. like paying that close of attention but i did i did think they tried to soften it a bit right make it look kind of like tentacles or like tendrils you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i i tend to agree um i don't think it was an intentional move but you know um well, and the whole the whole super predator thing, you know, turned out to be not only wrong but mm-hmm. pretty racial, pretty racially biased mm-hmm. and, and uh, racist yeah. in hindsight. And so that aspect of it, obviously, I think to me is really problematic yeah. because, you know, that's not really the way mm-hmm. the world works. So tell me, tell me what you thought about the new movie which came out last year, Prey. Um, I think there's a lot there's a lot going on here, but in general. Um, I thought it was an interesting sort of reboot, you know, um, taking something that I think had felt a certain felt fit into a certain aesthetic at this point, And it kind of just completely reframed it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the performances were all pretty good. Um, Amber mid thunder was, was very, very good. And 
I kind of wonder they they overlay sort of our own gender politics issues mm-hmm. into the movie, and I found myself wondering how mm-hmm. accurate that was uh, in the Ch- yeah. Comanche culture. Um, and I don't necessarily have the answer. I just was found myself wondering because it was it felt very much like sort of the pro- the premise of every modern mm-hmm. Disney movie where the princess doesn't want to be a princess; she wants to do whatever mm-hmm. she wants and. Yeah, because the 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 sort of group of young hunters is very much like, first of all, they're they're enforcing gender norms, um, but they seem to be, um, you know, kind of uh, willfully like, I don't know, they it's it's very it's kind of cruel, you know, like the ways they treat her, mm-hmm. um, and it's like this whole like, there's a obviously like. A caste system in place right and it is true like mm. it is was that research and is that is that accurate like historically was that something that you know comanche tribes would sort of enforce it does kind of feel like it's done purposefully to kind of like create this dichotomy where she then like she's the only one that succeeds while the rest of them get killed by the predator so what's the what's the predator's best kill in this movie? The bear. The bear. Yeah. I loved him watching when he when he fought the yeah. bear. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> what do you think? I, I I agree. The bear the bear was pretty cool. Um, killing the wolf and ripping its spine out is pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I thought that um, I don't know. I kept it was interesting because I I kept wanting. Having watched the previous movies and what and and kind of my understanding of the predator, I thought that he was killing people very slowly, um, just not not like killing them slowly, but like the movie really dragged out mm-hmm. quite a quite a while before people started actually dying. <laughs> like, like what? Yeah, isn't he here to kill people? What's going on? Like, this is like taking a while. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was interesting that I came away feeling like the predator was not the worst person in the movie. Like all the French hunters were like way way worse so can we talk about um the predator's supposed moral code like because i i i think it's like super inconsistent like how this code is applied this supposedly technical technologically advanced race of aliens can't like they make the they make the trip here specifically because we're supposed i don't know i'm i'm assuming that They've chosen Earth because we're like a formidable species in some way, right? Well, they keep dying. Mm-hmm. Like humans yeah. keep killing them, right? So, <laughs> but they, and they've clearly done research, right? But then they get here and they can't tell the difference between someone who's actually like an, a, an aggressive threat versus just someone who's defending themselves. But yet they can see if someone's mm-hmm. pregnant and like not, like, I don't know. It's just very, the code to me is, is definitely squishy. Yeah, I think they tried to draw an analog and pray because they I can't remember the name of the the ritual, but the one that Amber the Mid Thunder mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. take place in, which she kept interpreting it as it to hunt, and every it, she was finally told no, like the goal is mm-hmm. to survive, and maybe that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a predator, it's not necessarily the hunt is secondary, but the goal is to survive, and obviously none of the ones that have come here have actually survived. I mean, it's kind. of... <laughs> talk about the uh privilege like you come to a planet and land here and you're aggressive and the goal is for you to survive like talk about centering your experience 
<laughs> um, okay, so you you are writing the next Predator slash yeah. Prey movie. <laughs> Who is the Predator going to go up against any time period? Oh, man. Well, um, can we do a Quentin Tarantino Predator where he's killing Nazis? I mean... Does he get to talk? Yeah, he's he's going to be played by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so we'll have the Predator voiced by Steve Buscemi coming down and killing Nazis. I, I like it. Oh, man. Okay, okay. I, I got one. Okay, so the Predator comes down in the middle of a high school in the 1990s yeah. and realizes that this, his objective shouldn't be to kill the other students. It should be to become those, the most popular. Hell yeah, dude. This is... <laughs> it's like a clueless meets mean girls meets predator. I'm into it. Yeah. Yes. Like there's a scene where they're, they're at the mall and the predator is with like the really, the cute girls and they're like trying on outfits and then they, then they leave. They do that, that scene where they're all the cameras like shooting from below and they're, it's moving as they walk through the mall and the, like the shopping bags are like swishing and they're like, they're walking with purpose. They're like, we're hot shit. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, there's, there's the different click, the different clicks in the uh, cafeteria. There's like the Asians mm -hmm. and the nerds and the mean girls and the football players. And then yeah. there's the predators. <laughs> I feel like the predator would be goth. He'd be the, he'd be like the Judd Nelson um, breakfast club character. So Dave, I I uh, I wrote a song about the Predator, and it's not it's not a jokey song, it's a real it's a real song, and I I wrote this song because I thought back to when Christopher was on, and wrote a song. Mm -hmm. I think we just need more songs. I think we we need more songs on this podcast yeah. because through the magic of song, we can really get to the the core emotional experience of the characters that we're talking about.
so I thought a lot about the the motivation of the predator character and because as we pointed out like what is the yeah what is the predator's end game here like when when does it end right what is what is the whole mm-hmm. what is the motive for what the predator is doing and I imagine the predator kind of as this um as this being from the afterlife that um that is bringing people to the other side and that is kind of hmm. like a um and it seems scary to the people that are that the predator is um you know trying to murder but like the in what i'm trying <laughs> what i was trying to communicate is the predator is like don't fear me like we're going to a different place and you don't know about that place yet but it's where i come from Oh man. Okay. So what are we talking about next week, Dave? Or maybe not next week, but what are we talking about next time? I don't know. Are we going to do young, young, uh, young, yeah, young. Yes. Yes. Young young Einstein. Einstein. (laughs) Starring Yahoo serious. All right. We're doing young Einstein. (laughs) All right, my friends, it's been real. I am. What was my name again? Predward Kennedy. (laughs) And I am. Hoyt Vandermuffin top the third. And this has been, this has been, this is the planet of the Predators. Peace. Planet of the Meerkats is produced by Neil Fries and David Garrison. And our theme music is by Tawny Frogmouth.